I used to say to them, look, you've got to remember that you're aiming for 100% of any picture. You want to do 100%. You won't get that. No one ever can. But you'll get 80%. The customer only expects 60%. So you're always going to be one slight step ahead of them. Welcome to episode 103 of Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Hi, Dad. Hi, Stevie. How are you doing? I'm all right. Good. Uh, Nice to hear from you again. You having a good week? Um, Not bad. It's slowed down a little bit this week. I've been up to the end of last week. I was flat out. I really mean doing lots and lots of things. But this week, I've kind of, I think I've got the Christmas spirit coming in now. Have you? Thinking, yeah, I think it's time to just have a little break. And I went out for a Christmas lunch yesterday with my friends. And it's all, all slowed down this week, Stephen. So I'm taking it easy. That's good. Good idea. Good idea. Well, you've been flat out. Doing all the new we projects. Have, we so have. We've done the last six months has been manic, hasn't it? Yeah, you deserve a deserve a little break over Christmas. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Excellent. Well, I've got tons and tons and tons of questions. Everyone's been really good this week and sent me lots of questions. So good. Uh, let's crack straight mm-hmm. on with uh, first one from Les. Hi, Colin. I have just viewed the drawing video of the kneeling figure, and I was amazed to see someone else using a Rollatech ruler. I (laughs) I purchased mine many moons ago. It was just nice to see. I will be doing the figure very soon, uh, and if I could send it to you after, I would really appreciate it, Les. So, great, Les. Yeah, do send it over. Do, yes. If you need any help, you know, that's what we're here for. Totally. Um, but yeah, I thought it was nice to mention the Rollatech ruler. That's a really handy gadget for that video. Well, you know the story behind that, Steve. Uh, if we got a couple of minutes, we were—I think Eileen and I were in—oh, I can't remember where it was, one town or other—and we saw it in the shop window. And it was—it was a reduced price. You know, it was—I think it was about a pound or something like that. It was quite quite reasonable. And I, at the time, I thought. Well, that sounds looks like a useful instrument, and I bought it, not really having uh, a, a real use for it. But when I was doing these figures, I thought, you know, this is absolutely perfect. Because in the old days, I used to just sort of drag the rule across, you know. Mm. Um, I would have loved one of those when I first started out. But, and I they were probably around, but I didn't know about it then. Anyway, and it worked wonders, and it really, really made a difference to that kind of... When you're drawing your own pictures, and you, it, the way we, we did that on that picture, and also on the the, new, the other one that's coming up later on uh, next year, um, it, it was really good, very useful tool. Uh, I don't think you could do without it now. You know, if, if I had an occasion to use it again in a similar project... I'd reach for it straight away, and I, I, I don't think I could do the same kind of job without it. Yeah. So that's the story behind it, and it proved very useful. Yeah, so that's a good note to anyone out there that wants to do the, the video, uh, uh, the drawing, a figure life drawing tutorials, mm. then uh, mm. a roller tech ruler could be a good purchase. Also for architectural use as well, if anybody likes to do architecture uh, and wants to 
draw the way uh, I, I, you know, more accurately, then the roller tech is again very useful. I think draftsmen use it an awful lot. Right. Okay. Mm. Cool. Well, thanks for that, Liz. Do uh, let us know how you get on, as always, with the uh, new figure drawing. Uh, the next one's from Julia, just listening to the podcast, and was thrilled to hear that Colin is going to be doing a hair. Jumping for joy. <laughs> Please let him know. Good. So oh, yes, I'm Julia. definitely going to do a hair. And, you know, since, since we've, we've talked about this, I've seen them everywhere. Have you? We've got the gallery along the road. You know the one um, yeah. in, in Broadstairs opposite the delicatessen? You wouldn't know, folks, where that was, but Steve does. Well, they've got a little gallery there, and I saw two hairs in there this morning. Did you really? Yeah, they were charcoal hair. They weren't, um, you know, paintings, oh, but they right. were charcoal hair. And I've seen others as well. In, in It's amazing, isn't it? Mm, Suddenly, really... we seem to be um, everywhere. So, yeah. yes, that's, that's definitely on the cards. Yeah. Well, it's a note, actually, uh, obviously the hair was suggested, and we've had so many suggestions recently uh, that it's worth mentioning that uh, probably that we should say – if people want to hold off their suggestions for new projects now, uh, that's probably a good idea because, I mean, we've got, uh, well, we're, we've got about a year's worth of projects now, haven't we, that are backed up, ready to go. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just a quick note, if anyone's got any more suggestions, please hold fire uh, in sending them across because, yeah, we, we, we're all right for a while. <laughs> I'd also like to add too, Steve, to that uh, comment that, We've got a lot of variety, haven't we? You know, people would say, oh, I wonder if he's going to do this, oh, I wonder if he's going to do that. Actually, we've got an awful lot of different kinds of projects in in the mix. Yeah. So people, you know, I think are going to be really surprised, and I'm almost certain that something that they want to do or, you know, technique that they want to see will be there yeah. and more oh, in yeah. the next year. Yeah, it's a huge variety. I mean, I, I've got so much footage to edit; it's unbelievable, and uh, there's there's so many great projects. I mean, I, I've I said this, I've said this loads of times, but you're doing your best work as far as I'm yeah. concerned at the moment, yeah. uh, and and doing new stuff as well, and trying out new stuff. So all this, oh, people are going to love it. I know they are. So good. Okay, so uh, the next one is uh, from Isabel, and this was the feedback um, article that we posted on the blog for the uh, Drawing the Muzzle. You gave some feedback on Drawing the Muzzle on the dog. And Isabel says, uh, thank you for another interesting article. I still have a lot to learn about base colours. You asked for thoughts on commission work. I have done quite a few horses and dogs for people and have really enjoyed doing them as they were all on the provision that they did not take them if they did not like them or thought it was a good representation of their pet as I would have had the enjoyment of painting them and learning in the process. Luckily, until recently, everyone has been very pleased with the results and seeing their smiles makes it all the better. However, for the first time, I came across anxiety, sleepless nights and frustration that you have mentioned, and it has made me think again about accepting them. I've just started doing Buzz Lightyear from Toy Story for my three-year-old grandson, Adam, and the look on his face when he saw what I was doing is what it's all about. Well, how, how great is that? What a fantastic story. Yeah. Um, and I sympathise with Isabel. I've had many of those um, anxious moments uh not not recently but in the in the beginning and they do take a bit of getting over because they shake your confidence and by shaking that confidence you know it it stops you from doing your best work 
And, and I always say that you, you've got to be careful with the I mean, I've just done a commission, as you know, and uh, it's going to be shown. And it was a real, real tough one, I've got to tell everybody. It was one that when you see the picture, you think, how on earth did you even be persuaded to do that picture? Well, I did it because I now have a tremendous amount of confidence in myself and the pastel pencil. And I don't think like that anymore, you know. And this is will happen to you all eventually. It's going to happen to you all. And when I started doing it, I loved it. I loved every minute of that picture. So here is the other side of the fence, really. When you, if you're in a, ever in a position that you can, uh, you know, do lots and lots of variety in your artwork. This is how I can say with confidence that I can tackle anything because I've come across almost every scenario. The trouble is when people stick to one subject, they're kind of in a rut, you know, and then when they're faced with something that's slightly out of their comfort zone, it throws a wobbly. Mm -hmm. And I understand that. So I would urge people to pick pictures that they want to do, but variety of pictures that they want to do, because in that you'll see and have grow in confidence, which is where I am now and where one day you'll be. Everybody will. If they do enough, they'll all end up with that um, same uh, very, very happy situation. Yeah, and I think that applies to a lot of industries or in every industry with the level of experience and confidence is the more that you experience and the more that you try out, the, uh, the more confident you'll be to tackle something new. So I think uh, you're absolutely right. And, well, we've said it loads of times about trying the still life, trying the portraits, trying the landscapes and really pushing yourself. Because mm. then when you go back to it, you'll be more confident. Mm-hmm. But be, be wary when, you know, if you're in, at the stage where you're just starting to take on commission work, be wary of it. Look at the pictures before someone before you commit yourself. Really, look at the pictures and say, Do you, "Am I am I capable of doing this picture?" And if you feel you're not, you ought to be honest with the customer and say, "Look, you know, I don't think I can do this picture justice." They won't mind. Well, they might, but it's too bad. You know that you're being honest. Uh, but if you really feel you can do it. Uh, then give it a go. Uh, and Because, once again, it's a sad fact that that is where you do gain experience by pushing yourself and challenging yourself. If you never do that, you're never going to move uh, beyond. So it's, it's, a, it's a balancing game, isn't it, Steve? You know, Do I do it or do I not do it? Do I do it and gain experience or do, and sleepless nights? And, you know, I'm prepared for that. The one thing I would say to you, is everybody that um, I used to use this a lot when I was teaching because I had this uh, problem come up time and again with my classes. I used to say to them, look, you've got to remember that you're aiming for 100% of any picture. You want to do 100%. You won't get that. No one ever can. But you'll get 80%. The customer only expects 60%. So you're always going to be one slight step ahead of them. That's why all of Isabel's customers so far have said, wow, great. 
because their expectancy is lower than yours would be. And all the while you're doing that, you're going to be okay. Good advice. It's good. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, I hope that's helped uh, Isabel and others out there. You know, if you're uh, anxious or, you know, a bit uh, stressed about it, then uh, hopefully that eases it somewhat. I hope so. Okay, moving on. Next one is from Sue's. Great bit of feedback here. Hi, C- uh, hi, Steve. I've signed up for the Lifetime membership following our emails a few days ago. I originally heard of you at Patchings last year when I visited your stall and purchased a square drawing system and a few other bits and bobs. I visited my parents as their carer with a local art group trip. Both my parents were and are interested in drawing and painting and other handicrafts. And I've always been a keen, uh, always had a keen interest in drawing. I inherited my first set of pastel pencils from my dad, Faber-Castell, a few years ago and have since added to my collection. Prior to this, I used pencils, but I I can now bring my pictures alive with pastels. I'm looking forward to producing many more drawings and improving my techniques with your help. Kind regards, Sue. That's nice. Oh, that's lovely, too. It was worth going to Patchings for, wasn't it, Steve? (laughs) Yeah, that was really good, yeah. All the other things we did. Yeah, absolutely. It's good, and um, it's lovely to have feedback like that. It just shows you it's nice to hear where people find us and you know start off their little mm. adventure. Definitely, because that's what it's going to be for sure. But one uh, point I'll pick up there with Sue. She said, uh, "I'm adding pastels to bring life to my work, and that's exactly what it does do. That pastels have got that uncanny knack of breathing life into it." It's unbelievable. Even people with, you know, no experience just trying for the first time, yeah. they see something in that picture that, gosh, where did that come from? Mm. Um, the next one is from uh, Rennie. Hi, Colin and Steve. I've just been listening to podcast 102 where you are discussing which rubbers to use for rubbing out pastel pencils. I have one of your double-ended erasers, which is great for rubbing out small areas, mainly for highlighting where I've gone too dark. However, I found the best way to remove a pencil almost totally is to use a small brush. It just lifts away the colour like magic. I have also finally overcome my tendency to smudge my work. My husband has made a cover made from see-through plastic that slips over my board. I can move it up and down the board and my hand never touches the paper. Brilliant. I've attached photos, so I hope you can see how it's made. I've also been asked to paint some pets for Christmas. Why do people wait till the last minute? <laughs> and yes, I agree, painting for oneself, just for fun, is much more enjoyable than commission work. I haven't had any time to do any of your lessons. Very frustrating. Have a great Christmas. We are sweltering here in Australia. Would love some snow. I was born in Germany and can still remember white Christmases. Regards, Rennie. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Um, you know, we... we, we uh, I was going out there, how cold it was out, I think, oh, it's cold, you know. And we're thinking the snow's not very far away. We're moaning. <laughs> and then you've got people like Lenny saying, oh, I wish, you know, I had a, I, I hanker after the white Christmases. And we love the idea of, oh, wouldn't it be lovely and warm? Wouldn't it be lovely to have a Christmas, uh, you know, in the sunshine? Yeah. Uh, and the hot weather. If, no one's happy, Steve. We never are. <laughs> That's human, human nature for you. Exactly, exactly. It's interesting about the brush as well um, that Rennie mentions. Uh, mm. Have you ever tried mm. using a brush to remove pastel pencil? I have, and it doesn't work for me, Steve. Mm. It, it, sometimes I can understand where they're coming from, though. The, 
The thing is, though, when you're using the pastel pencil on the on grey paper, I tend to push it well into the paper. And I find it, I, I found when I used a brush when I first started off, I couldn't actually remove it as well as I would like to have done. Oh, but that doesn't mean to say it don't work. You know, I mean, Rennie's making it work, so who am I to say? Uh, I would say, give it a go. You know, there's plenty of, um, most people have got brushes, if they're artists, they've, they've got a brush around, yeah. and give it a go. Yeah. I think, I don't know whether or not the uh, sable ones would work and want to be used for watercolour. The ones you use for acrylic or oil might be the better ones because they're harder. The brush oh, itself right. is harder, and it might might take it off better. So I don't know what kind of brush that uh, Ren is using. Oh. If it's too soft, I don't think it'll work. Oh, interesting, interesting idea. Well, if anyone else out there has used a brush to take off past pencil, then let us know. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Look, it doesn't matter, does it? You get it if it gets the job done, it doesn't matter what you do. I mean, her little gadget that she's got there that works for her, great. Yeah. Well, I'm going to put the pictures up that Rennie attached uh, on the show notes. So if you're listening to the podcast on the website, then uh, click the link to access the show notes. Um, mm. And uh, I'll attach the pictures so you can see uh, Rennie's device there that her husband's mm. made for her. So excellent. Okay, uh, next one. Christine says, Hi, Colin and Steve. Enjoyed your last podcast when you mentioned about cropping pictures. I've always wondered when you crop an animal picture, how much to crop or not to make your uh, look composed right for the picture? Mm. Right. Well, now, how long have we got here? <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is one of those questions that go on and on and on and on and on. It, the, the wonderful thing about what I do is I show people the images that I do. Now, they are my ideas of how a picture should look. Generally speaking, if you're doing a portrait of an animal, say, let's take a, a dog, I don't like to crop the dog's uh, neck too low, and neither do I like it too high. Usually, it's about half of the dog's, you know, if you look at the head, halfway, and then drop it down to the neck. So you do half, half the distance of the head put it into the deck. That's a kind of general rule. Having said that, the one I've just done has got a, a lot of um, uh, neck and part of his body in it. And so that completely knocks out that idea of mine. Yeah. But, and the hair that I'm going to be doing again, that is the same, is the hair, uh, although in fairness, with the hair, you've got the head, and then you've got the ears, haven't you? So if you put the head and the ears together, probably, if I work it out, that's probably the same length that I've got under his chin down to the bottom of the thing. There's no really hard and fast rules. That's what I'm trying to get at on this. It's something you kind of have instinctively got to do yourself. One of the things you've got to look at when you're doing especially portraits of animals, you've got to look at bringing the animal... Uh, alive and proportioned as best you can, you know, making it look real and in uh, the best possible frame. If you make it too big, if there's too much going on around, if there's too much border, 
you're going to lose the subject. If it's too tight, you're going to squeeze the subject, you know? Mm. So you've got to get it just right. And I think the best thing I can suggest to people is they look at all my pictures on the gallery, just just scan across them and all on, on the member site and look at them all and see how I've done it. Because generally speaking, I've got it right. Well, there's a pattern, isn't there? If you look at your pictures, there is a pattern uh, and it does depend on the animal, like you say. There's one that goes completely against like the the pattern of other projects you've done, and that's the Persian cat. Persian yes, kitchen, that's right. That's because right. it's completely like, and it really works, but it's it's got so much on the right-hand side, mm. uh, and the subject's way over there on the left. Mm. So wh- why, did the, why did you do that? Well, it's a, this is another thing. It, it's, the way, it's the way I do it, Steve. It's... <laughs> I looked at that and thought, I look at the animal and say, what's it looking at? Because one of the things you, you've got to remember is the way, if a cat is looking to the right, which, the, uh, hang on, it was looking to the left, wasn't it, in the picture, from the right to the left, yeah. as we look at it. Um, if, if I had cut that off and put an even amount on either side, it would have looked out of the picture. It was looking out of the picture. Yeah. I wanted it to stay looking into the picture. So in a situation like that, that's how, that's how I, I see. That. So it depends also, another factor to consider is where the animal's looking. Yes. Yes, absolutely. If it's, if it's looking, a lot of my animals tend to look out of the camera, don't they? Look straight at you or just off centre. Therefore, you don't need that uh, space on either side. It can be even. You see, I did tell you right from the beginning of this <laughs> how long have we got, and this is this, I've only covered half of half of the problem, if, it's, if that. It's quite a there's hard so question. Many things. Uh, there's so many aspects of this. As I said, go back and have a look at all the pictures I've done, especially that Persian cat. Look at that again and see how that's worked. Is is there um, a similarity in the cropping of a, of a human portrait as well? Is it kind of same idea? Same, absolutely same applies idea. Applies the same. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, generally speaking, if if the figure's head is turned to either side, that side needs more space. Right. If it's turned looking, if it's turned that way, it needs more space. You can't crop it exactly. That's okay. a good rule. It's yeah. a good rule to at least to apply to start with. Yeah. Uh, but I, I've got to say to everybody out there, I love doing that. I love I love getting a picture, and uh, I. Now we've got the computer, it's fantastic because we can bring the whole picture up, background and everything, and I can close in on it, you know, and I can bring the, uh, you know, the um, chopping tool, what do we call it, cropper. cropper. Yeah, the crop, I can crop it and, and bring it in. What I do, folks, out of interest, when I'm doing this, I get my picture full size, then I copy it, immediately copy it, you know, on the computer. So I've got two or three, perhaps, pictures, plot you know around on the screen and then i i crop it and then i then i can compare it with the original and keep doing that until i get it right then i say okay do i like it that way sometimes i turn it completely around the other way you can do that on the computer as well yeah. there's lots and lots of ways what i'm trying to say is there's, there's tools now that we can use to help us like that before we commit ourselves we can kind of see the picture uh before we actually commit ourselves to the drawing. In the old days, that wouldn't have been happened mm-hmm. so easy. Good. Good, uh, good answer. Well, there's a bit more uh, left on the email. Uh, while we have been having the damp atmosphere, I find my pastel paper is bulging. 
Even if I do my picture in the lounge to help get out the bulges, I take the picture off the hardboard and remove the masking tape, then use a hairdryer to get the dampness out of the paper. Then after a while, I put it back on the board. Am I doing any harm using the hairdryer on the pastel on my picture? Um, Not really, but why bother with that? Why don't you just use a hairdryer as it is without taking the masking tape off? It will still work. Okay. Oh, that's a good point. It will shrink shrink back to where it was before. There's no need to remove it. The danger of removing masking tape uh, is that you could damage the picture anyway, so I wouldn't do that. But there is a reason for it. I'm sorry to have to say that, but there is a reason for it. There's always a reason for it. There's always a certain amount of dampness somewhere. Yeah. yeah. A, a paper will not buckle up unless there's some kind of dampness somewhere. Yeah, yeah. We've covered that before, uh, mm. people uh, coping with that. Um Last bit she mentions here, you mentioned what we use to support our art. I use a nest table with a lap tray, which I find helps. Oh, absolutely. Okay. And uh, as I say, again, it's whatever works for you and what's ever comfortable for you. Yeah. Um, There's no, there's no rights and wrongs, uh, you know, in, in, if it works, it's got to be right for you. Yeah, Totally. Okay, good. Well, thanks, uh, Christine, for your email. Um, we've uh, today. I've just put up. Well, let's say today. This is Thursday, and this is going out on Friday. So yesterday, for everyone listening, um, I've put out the uh, picture of the polar bear, the little baby polar bear. That's oh, our, my little sweetie. Yeah, that's the next uh, mini project coming to members this weekend. That's a, that's a, a that's an easy. That's a couple of hour job. That one. Yeah, that's a real, really simple one, and I hope you'll enjoy it. You know, I like I like uh, doing simple things like that. That would, and whatever people say, that was a very simple property. I tell you what, the only problem with that little polar bear that people have got the eyes are very small. Ah, really? Tiny, tiny. When it look when they see it on the screen, they're going to see it big. They get funny. It's going to fill the screen up. But remember, it's very small. Okay. So it's the eyes that are going to cre- create a little bit of a problem. Well, it is folks. a baby. I can, of course he is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I'll just talk about that because um, there's a lot of white in the background as well. Um, mm, mm. What what challenges did you have with the the colours of that polar bear? How did you get well, the colours? Yeah, well, well, there's ivory too. So we've got, we've got white and ivory and we've got the greys. Now, when I did that, I've done so many snow scene, Stephen, that, that I, I, I just do it naturally. I know that the tonal values of the, of the blues that I use and the greys that I use will work for me. And they do. And, and that's a really, really good uh, subject to do to learn the opposite of black. You know, when we've, we've had black animals, we have the opposite of yeah. this. We have to find the definition by putting the dark colours into white. And that's not easy to do, but it can be done and you're going to see it done. Uh, and it's, it's always a good idea to do something simple like that because I did, I have got on the chalk somewhere a white kitten that I was going to do, or I'm going to do uh, in a couple of years' time, I expect, the way things are going. But, <laughs> but um, I thought, no, I won't do that. I'll do the polar bear first uh, because it's, it's simpler. You might think it's not, but it is actually simpler because the white cat is all white. 
and that requires quite a lot of control of the whites and the greys. Yeah. Because you're sticking greys on white, Steve. Can you imagine? You, you know, yeah. How, how smudgy, smudgy and muddy it would look. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is, as well, because like, the polar bears like, uh, like, so, like using the ivory colours as well, um, and you can put the white on top, but there's, it looks like the bear, oh, you've done it obviously intentionally, but the bear's got snow on his head. Oh well, well, that, that's I didn't put it there. Do you know what I mean? Like it looks like he's got he's it looks like he's like a little bit still got snow on him. Right. Oh, I expect he has. You're trying to visualise it in your head. You did it a while ago, so I'm now I'm, I'm looking at it now on my screen. It, no, no. Um, but it, it looks really good, and um, obviously the white goes on top better than the, the greys and the ivories. I assume mm. because um, I was looking at and I put up. Uh, a clip of your puffin where you're putting the the white back in over the top of the really dark colours, yes. and it still goes on top. But obviously, this one is uh, obviously not as as tricky as that. So there's probably good practice yeah. for people getting used to putting white over the top. Oh, definitely. This is why I say it's a really, really good. Uh, it it's a mini project, therefore it, you're not really under the pressure that you're under with one of the big ones. Won't take you long, and to be honest, you could do it again. You yeah. can do it again a couple of times if necessary. So to practice, because it's pra- everything is practice, isn't it, at the moment with most of the uh, uh, customers. That's a guaranteed seller, though, I tell you. If you do that one and you do a pretty good job of it, as I'm sure most people will, and put it in a little frame, it'll sell. Yeah. No problem. It's an, a real cutie, that one. Yeah. That's why I picked it, because it's such a, uh, a really pretty little picture. And... And the thing is, there's a vulnerability to it. I don't know whether you probably picked that up. Where's mum? Where's mum gone? Yeah. You know, he's all on his own, right out in the middle of the well, not in the middle. His mum's probably only just off off the shop. But it looks as though, you know, he's left on, on his own. Yeah. He didn't look too perturbed, though, did he? But He doesn't. Think? He looks quite happy and content. <laughs> the, the thing is, as well, going back to the composition that we are talking about, um, you've left more space on the left-hand side because he's looking off to the left-hand That's, side. Uh, yeah, you're, get, you're getting it now. That's exactly right. He's almost two-thirds, in, he's two-thirds on the right and one-third. It's like a two-third rule going um, vertically. Mm. Yes. And if you... if um, when you, when folks, when you uh, download this reference picture, chop off a little bit of that uh, extra, and see how what a difference it makes to the composition. Yeah. Well, I suppose it goes back to that vulnerability. He's on his own. He's looking off to the left. You want to see, mm. almost. You want to see that there is nothing off to the left. Mm. You know, or mm. you want to mm. see what is off to the left. It kind of creates that kind of intrigue of. Uh, okay, that's definitely where it's looking. What is over there? Mm. Um, Do you remember what we were talking about last week about story attached to? Yeah. Pictures? Well, there's our story there. Yeah. See, that, that story was there. I put that story into it, and I, I developed the picture with all of those things in mind. Something it's, so simple. Yeah, yeah. A picture that is so simple, There's so yet you, can, you could talk about it and say so much about it. It's interesting. Yes. That's right. And, and the, the use of ochre there, there's, there's also ochre used in it as well. That's another, uh, because the polar bears, um, if you see them in, in their, the wild or if you see them in the zoos even, they're, they're very ochre They're not actually white. They're, they're an off-white, ochre colour. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so it's it's interesting. To, but a polar, a baby polar bear will be whiter, you know, because it's it's, it's yeah. pristine, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So you tend to get a little bit whiter, but they are, you know, you've got the, you've got that little bit of, you know, adult colouring coming in. Yes. You can see where it's beginning. Yeah. See, another, another little story. <laughs> I think we're going to have to do that with every one of your pictures that are mentioned now. We're going to have to come up with a little people, story. Because when people see the picture, they think, oh, isn't that lovely? But there's, there's always more behind the picture, especially recently, the pictures I've done in the last six months, uh, which you probably haven't seen yet. Well, I know you haven't seen them yet. They, they are, all of them got little stories, and I could tell you all the stories, uh, that, you know, that, that I, I was thinking when I did them. Yeah. Great. Okay, well, I think that's a nice uh, little note to end on this week. So, good, good. Uh, if you've got a question for the show, as always, go to our website, uh, colinbradleyart.co.uk, and click... Uh, anywhere for there's a contact links all over the show so you can get in touch with us uh through the website and we'll read it out on the show uh like i said earlier if you keep your suggestions on hold now for the moment until we're ready for more uh because we've got so many uh that we don't have you'd have to worry there's so many coming up um so when we're ready for some more suggestions when we've caught up with ourselves we'll let you know on the podcast and you can start firing them all through to us again Okay, good. And uh, last thing to say is if you could leave us a a positive review on iTunes, that would be great. Uh, You can click the subscribe to iTunes button on the website and that means that you get every episode each week. When we upload it, it goes straight to your iPod or iPad or iTunes on your computer, which is uh, great because then you don't have to do any work. You just get the episode sent to you. Great. Okay, good. All right, Dad, well, uh, I'll be down next week. Um, yes, yes, we'll be face to face again. Yeah, because it's start of Panto season. Oh, yes, you're you're starring again in our in our little local Sarah Thorne production of Mother Goose. Have I given it away? Should I have given that away? I don't mind, Dad. Yeah, it's too late now. Anyway, well, I've told it. Yeah, I don't know if anyone's going to come see it. You see, so it's <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, last year you had record numbers, so uh, I'm sure you'll have them again. Yeah. It, oh, yeah, yeah. It's going to be a good, good one. So yeah, I'll be down for a few weeks. So we'll have some uh, studio, home studio uh, recordings to release to everyone. And uh, look out for the polar bear coming this weekend. Um, I think that'll be up Sunday morning. So keep an eye on the website and uh, look out for that. Okay, that's it for this week. Thanks everyone for listening. I'm Steve Bradley, and I'm Colin Bradley. Enjoy, Enjoy your week. week.